0: Welcome to the Peacebuilding Podcast. Join host Susan Coleman as she interviews today's most creative, courageous, and sometimes outrageous mediators, coaches, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers whose work, whether intended or not, is building peace. Tune in for 45 minutes of pure inspiration as we explore the best stories, the best practices, the best ideas of a new world emerging. Here's your host global consultant, coach, facilitator, and mediator, Susan Coleman.
1: Loretta, hey, good morning. Um, welcome to the Peacebuilding Podcast, and thanks for being a guest on the show. I'm, I'm so grateful to have you here.
2: Good morning, Susan. Well, I'm delighted to be here. It's great to, great to be with you. I have a uh, Loretta
1: Rader who is the principal of the Rader Consulting Group which is a global firm which focuses on organization development and peace building. Um Loretta and I go back for a long way, I think uh over 20 years. Um and actually the way I know you is 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 uh my former business partner for many years, a dear Ellen Rader, is your sister-in-law. My mm-hmm. husband's
2: sister. El- and that's her. Yeah.
1: yeah, the intrepid Ellen Rader who started doing intercultural negotiation training before it was even a thought in anybody's mind. And um, yeah, just made it up out of whole cloth. Um, anyway, L- Loretta also leads a couple of other things. She leads the Sierra Leone Project team of Mediators Beyond Borders uh, International, which I'm guessing you're going to talk about. Um, I certainly will. And um, has a strong knowledge of group dynamics and organizational behavior, which I can attest to just a very person who's really, really grounded in that. And, um, and I was, and, and also uh, that was interesting that you're one of the, uh, the founding members of the future search network, um, which I didn't,
2: I didn't realize that,
1: uh, that's um, right.
2: Um, The the Future Search Network is made up of people who um, have learned to facilitate something called a Future Search Conference, which was uh, developed by Marv Weisbord and Sandra Janoff. Um, Marv wrote a book called Productive Workplaces, and um, people started reading that book and saying, wow, this sounds exciting. We want to learn how to facilitate something like this. And he didn't even have the design for it back then. So we got together a group of people. We said, Marv, uh, you have to teach us how to do this. And so Marv and Sandra designed a workshop. And uh, I was in the very first training in Philadelphia. I forget exactly what year that was, but it was a while back. Um, And um, I've been doing uh, that. That made me a founding member because I was in that first group.
1: Yeah. Future search is a really powerful methodology. And um, you probably I'm, I'm guessing you, you might I, I think because I know something about your story. You may be talking a bit
2: about that as, as well. Yes, um, because I we know. use elements of the future search and certainly the principles. I use the principles in all of my work yeah. uh, that I do, Susan. And in Sierra Leone, we uh, we did uh, aspects of the future search. We only had one day and it's usually a three day process. But um, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah, well and and just for the listeners, Sandra Janoff, who is one of the uh principals of Future Search, I think she's gonna be a guest on the show in a little bit. So I guess, uh, sure. Yeah. So Loretta, that's a little bit I think and also you are well, you're in that cool city of Philadelphia, which is to me, I, I don't know, I'm always jealous of the consulting community in Philadelphia. For some reason, it's just they're an incredible group of consultants
2: that live there. I don't know why that is, but um yeah we have- we have some some great people and new people coming in uh to the field all the time yeah
1: and then but you also are the current president of Women International Leaders of Greater Philadelphia, which is women empowering women as leaders globally um which that
2: sounds. That's Pretty that's great. a major part of my life these days uh, as well, um, being president of a fabulous women's organization. We have about uh, 90 women, and um, it's a, also a volunteer organization like Mediators Beyond Borders International. And um, just like our mission says, we work to empower uh, women leaders globally. We do that through microfinance banking, empowerment grants that we give to um, Nonprofit organizations in alignment with our mission and uh, service. We travel, we educate ourselves, uh, have speakers um, on different uh, women's global issues. So it's a wonderful organization, very unique. Uh, we're the only ones that we know of that do exactly what we do. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. That
1: sounds Um, and I don't know, is there anything else that you, I'm not going to, I've, I've gotten feedback not to be going in depth in, in everybody's bio. I'm going to put that online, but is there anything else that you want to say about your background and maybe particularly, uh, your professional background that is relevant to, uh, to the work you're
2: doing today? Sure. Um, well, for 35 years, I've been an organization development consultant. Um, and, um, a lot of experience at the United Nations, some of it working with you, Susan. Um, I've worked it in duty stations ar- around the world, um, teaching collaborative negotiation and mediation. Um, and, uh, th- I think that a- along with, uh, teaching at, uh, Columbia University, those are, um, major, um, aspects of my career that I'm very proud of. I've always done a a combination of for-profit work in, um, large and small, uh, corporations as, as well as the nonprofit, uh, work. So that combination has, um, had, I've had a great, a great career and, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, led me into the peace building field, the work at the UN and Columbia.
1: You know, Loretta, one of the questions I, I really like asking people at the outset is, um, is a little bit about you personally and, and uh, how the seeds got planted in you for how you end up being here today as somebody who calls yourself a peace builder. Um, I know that's a big question, but it's yeah. an interesting thing to think about and to track and, you know, kind of how did you, how did you get here?
2: It is a it is an interesting question and reflective, I, and I don't know if for some reason what pops into my mind is um, I remember uh, when I was five years old uh, in elementary school at, in kindergarten, and um, we lived in a neighborhood that was um, uh, changing. the The demographics that, uh, of the neighborhood were, were changing, and I remember. Um, there was a divide between, uh, the white children and, uh, the African American children. And, uh, as a little girl, five years old, I just wanted to be with everybody and couldn't understand why, when I was playing with the black girls, why the white girls were like then not wanting to play with mm-hmm. me. And I think it kind of goes all the way back to, to that and just, really wanting people to get along and uh, be able to work more effectively together. And it just kind of tracked all, all through the years, and I guess, by my choice of, um, you know, going into the field that I did go into.
1: So organization development, how does that connect with that childhood experience? Well,
2: I think it somewhat connects with... organization uh, development as yeah, a field? Maybe? Okay. If
1: you could just give a...
2: A pithy response to that <laughs> okay well organization development is uh, it, it, in my view helping and my vision has always been uh, or mission to to help organizations at groups teams individuals to develop and be reach their potential and be the best that they can be and that can be achieved through many many, uh, different ways. Um, my career has focused um, in uh, several areas. One, leadership development—you um, know, helping leaders to to grow—that uh, could be one, on one-on-one coaching, uh, or it could be um, doing a group program for leadership development. Um, the other area was team performance, helping teams to be the best that they can be. Uh, and um the third area was organ- was um negotiation and conflict resolution, which uh since ninety eight I you know got very heavily involved in and that led me to the peace building field and then the the last area that I have focused on um throughout my career is large group processes mm-hmm. like future search conference, open space. Um, appreciative inquiry. These are all sy- system approaches, you know, bringing all the stakeholders in the room and working on either building the future together or a particular problem to solve. Um, it has many different applications. And that might be but, the
1: connection to the early childhood in the sense that a lot of those processes are really about building collaboration in different, in different kinds of ways, wouldn't you say?
2: Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the role that I've played. Building collaboration across
1: difference, really, bringing, you know, across many different kinds of difference, whether, yeah.
2: Yeah, and bringing people mm-hmm. together so and helping them to work more effectively right. together. So whether you're doing it with an individual, a, a, a group, or an entire organization, a whole system or country, um, you really have to be thinking about, uh, you know, how everything relates and um, to be able to really pay attention. I like, um, you know, to apply that to peace building. I like um, the, w- the way John Lederach defines peace building. He says it's it's. Um, understood as a comprehensive concept that encompasses, generates, and sustains the full array of processes, approaches, and stages needed to transform conflict toward more sustainable, peaceful relationships. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what we're we're working on. It, whether it, you're doing organization development in a corporation, or you're applying the, the same principles and knowledge and concepts, to uh, a country where you're working, you know, post-conflict uh, to build peace, the idea is to make it sustainable and to transfer the knowledge to help the help the individuals to have the skills that they need to partner and work together and figure out who they need to have in the room uh, to get the to get the job yeah. done. I
1: remember. I'm still. Uh, I remember that that. Um that proposal you and I put in after the Civil War in in Kenya, it was it was it yeah. just was such a it was such a cool you know amalgam of things you know le- leadership development for the senior leadership team doing some future searches throughout the throughout the country as I remember it was a while ago that we did
2: this. And- yes, I remember. I remember we were at uh, we were at some retreat and or a, a retreat up in the in the Poconos. Yeah, yeah. And we took time away right. from. Uh, what was going on to write this that was the open space retreat. I, it was the
1: open space on open space, right? right. That was open space. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is the annual yeah. open space retreat. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So Loretta, let's get into, you know, I asked you to think about um a, p- a piece of work or a you know, it could be a one piece of work or, or or an ongoing project or or something that you think would be useful for the listeners to hear about. And I actually don't, you know, so so I know you you have something in mind, and um, so maybe yes. we should just go for it and get into it because, uh, as we know, time is always short, and this is like the heart of what um, people really would like to hear. So,
2: yeah. So what I'd like to do is is tell the story of um, the Sierra Leone project, and I'll go through the beginning parts of it. Um, as quickly as I can, just to kind of give the context and the history, and then um, focus on our most recent intervention um, to uh, help survivors and communities uh, deal with uh, the Ebola crisis. Okay. <laughs> so um, back in 2009, uh, there was um, student unrest and violence in Freetown. And that was uh, a wild political um, elections were going on on campus. And that was very much mirroring the elections, the national elections. And at that, at that point, there had never been peaceful elections in Sierra Leone. And so the students, uh, there was a, a lot of destruction of the infrastructure and a student died. And that's when MBB was called we in. That was. Boarded. Mediators Beyond Borders International, and uh, that was before I was involved. And they did some really good work at the university, um, helping t- uh, students and uh, professors learn conflict transformation skills and some co- coaching that that happened.
1: Hey, Loretta, I'm um, not to put you on the spot, but um, I'm wondering uh, if you know some of the context in which this is all happening as well, in terms of Sierra Leone. And I mean, I I'm going to now show my own. Uh, limited knowledge of Sierra Leone, but I've just been in Liberia. Sierra Leone is in West Africa and um, is a desperately poor country in spite of its huge natu- right. natural resources. Uh, I think um, mining diamonds have always been a big source of wealth for Sierra Leone. And I think there's bauxite. I think there's all kinds of – but, you know, as um, a lot of the story often goes – um, a lot of that wealth does not go to the population, and um, I think it's, I, I know it to be a hugely poor country. Yeah. And, total. And then I also know that um, the government hasn't. You know, I guess it was a civil war, and uh, post that, the government has not been functioning. Um,
2: yeah. I'll give yeah, you a great. few. I'm facts sure you know a lot more it. about it than I do. Yeah. Um, the the UN Development Index yeah. uh, has eight, 187 countries yeah. in it. Uh, Sierra Leone is 183 oh, wow. out of okay. 187. Yeah. It's a very, very small, small country, population of about 6 million. Uh, it's comprised of about 16 ethnic groups, um, each with its own language and customs. It's a predominantly Muslim country with an influence of Christian minority. Seventy um, percent of the population lives below the poverty line. So this is a country that suffered but from in the spite of huge, huge war. natural
1: resources, right? Like really abundance it's, of natural. Yeah, resources.
2: it has a lot of potential with the uh, the resources and tourism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as they were starting to develop and kind of get on their feet after you know the civil war it's one thing after another. It's just this poor little country that just keeps getting hit. And, you know, and the most recent big hit has been mm-hmm. Ebola. And um, so uh, it, it's, it's, it's very sad. But the the bright side of it is, I have never met a more resilient uh, group of people that we have been working with our partners, and really all the Hundreds of people that we've worked with there um, are they they all want to work toward having tolerance and having peace. And our first big intervention, once um, that took our project from just focusing on a university in Freetown to becoming a national uh, project, was back in 2012. Um, We went there uh, to just do a, a needs assessment. And at the university and what we discovered was what everybody was talking about, what was on everyone's mind was the upcoming national elections um, and the fear that there would be violence and the desire, the strong desire to have tolerance, to have peace uh, in, in the country. They never, ever want to go through the kind of civil war. Everyone that I've met in Sierra Leone has been affected by the civil war. And that now everyone's being affected by Ebola. So it's really threatened the uh, the sustainable peace that we've been working toward and that people all over the country have been working toward. Loretta,
1: what was the A- popular movie? It was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was starring in... The-
2: oh, Dime something, yeah. Blood, Blood Diamond. Diamond. Yeah, that was... Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was based um, in Sierra Leone. That's right. It was based in Sierra Leone. So, um we found that what we needed to work on back in 2012 was to help to build unity for peaceful elections. And what we did while we were there, we went just to assess the needs, but Susan, you, as you know, you have to be flexible. You have to be spontaneous. And if you see an opportunity, you want to seize it. And so sitting on a, on a bench at the university, talking to a, a student, uh, Abdul Lebby, and he was repeating what we were hearing all day from professors and um, students, that, that there was this, we have to do something to build peace around the country and because we he was and he afraid that the same thing was going to happen again absolutely and so we were talking with these different peace groups that are on campus and his organization um, is called Project 1991 and um, he said well we want to go around the country and and see what we can do to build tolerance and other groups were saying the same thing so How I said, he- uh, he was an older student uh, in his uh, 30, mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. 30s, uh, married but with a couple of children. The
1: Civil War, probably, probably oh, grew yeah, up in it. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Right.
2: So um, I, I, we were sitting on a bench. Uh, my co-team leader, uh, Professor Debe Sunday from uh, Liberia, the University of Monrovia. um That's a great name, Debe Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Not Sunday. De- Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I said, with my, uh, background in large systems and, uh, let's, let's have a meeting. Let's get all the stakeholders that we can together. We were leaving the country on Tuesday. This was a Friday late afternoon. I said, let's get them together. Levy, can you help us get, Get the people together. And over the weekend, he he worked. And Monday, we had in the room about 25 uh, stakeholders. We had students from a couple of universities, professors, other youth. Uh, community women from the community um uh, someone from the media etc we we did our best to get as much representation as possible we did elements of a future search conference we did uh some visioning of um what what it go, Loretta, that wanted. you actually were able yeah. to pull this, you know, out of your hat
1: so quickly because it's 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 not I easy know. to do. I know. I mean, and, yeah. we
2: just turned in we just yeah. did it. it, it did it's testimony
1: it. to the fact that you ha- you are so fluent in in this kind of methodology that you just could could do it quickly. Yeah, so good for you. I, well,
2: thank you, Susan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and and it was, it was the right thing to do because out of the out of that, um, session. We had students then travel around the country, building a coalition of people uh, that wanted to build unity for peaceful elections in Sierra Leone. I guess it's a benefit um, of a small country. <laughs> a, small system, a relatively it small is.
1: system that you were just, yeah.
2: Right, that's true. And um, so we went back um, and delivered uh, di- large group dialogue sessions and conflict transformation training in uh, five regions throughout the country, the month before the election. So let me slow you down. Uh, The large group, can you say a little bit about what that was, what that looked like? Yeah. So we um, had proposals from uh, many different uh, nonprofits around the country, and we analyzed those to see what were the common elements and then picked uh, certain ones to partner with us. Uh, we had to really work hard to have them understand that we were not a funding organization. Yeah. Mediators from Borders International. We have to raise money to do every everything that we do. And so some of the proposals were kind of they were wonderful, but they were way out of uh, what was doable. Yeah. And so we said, okay. We picked certain partners that we thought we could work with um, most effectively and that were in alignment with, um, you know, our values and goals. And um, they did all the organizing of uh, getting the different stakeholders. Uh, We gave them guidelines. You know, we want police. We want military. We want Political aspirants. We want women. We want students. Basically, you were uh,
1: you were looking at. You were just kind of uh, uh, trying to assess who are the who are the big groups that need to come together.
2: That's right, and we needed our partners mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, they were extremely helpful. So we worked, you know, like hand and glove together to to do this. But they did the organizing. They put out the invitations. And got the people in the room. And the, and the intervention itself was, they were full day sessions. The morning was a dialogue session. How many people um, were in the room? Give um, about about uh, 50, at least 50 okay. people mm-hmm. in the room. Some had 75, mm-hmm. um, and uh, made up of these different stakeholder right. groups. And the dialogues, uh, the type of dialogue, there are many different types of large group dialogue. We used um, the approach from the Public Conversations Mm -hmm. Project out of Boston. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave Joseph is a colleague and friend from Mediators Beyond Borders International. Um, But what I learned later from Dave, I told him, you know, that we used uh, that approach. And basically, it's, you have a, a question that you ask of the group. And I, I think the question was something like, um, uh, share an experience or situation about elections in Sierra Leone that have, um, you know, had an impact on you uh, today. And people shared these experiences that they had, which were frightening and just unbelievable. And you give each person, you know, a, a a very small amount of time to talk. Um, and it worked really, really well. Uh, and then you open it up for people to inquire and ask more of each other. So if you know if somebody raises their hand, it's not for them to have a big speech they it has to be to inquire and want to know more about what somebody else so there's a in container in
1: process that they're functioning inside it's a yeah.
2: yeah it's a very specific um process but what i learned later from dave is that when they do the process they generally break people into small groups and he was like amazed <laughs> you did this you, know you know did this, and a large, sat in a big circle yeah. and passed the microphone innovation around. the
1: way innovations happen you know
2: yeah, I mean, so th- that was fantastic. And then we had a tr- um, a, a traditional meal brought in. Um, and then in the afternoon, we taught them some basic conflict transformation and skills. And what
1: was that? Can you say a little bit about what that was? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, listening, uh, informing the other, um, you know, finding common ground. Uh, they did some practicing, um, giving them some models uh, that they could, could yeah. work with. And then they went out after that day. This was all around the country. It was like the ripples, mm-hmm. you know, throwing a stone in the in in the in the lake or river, or whatever. And the ripples just coming out. And they went to their communities, to their uh, 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 services, you know, from from uh, their religious affiliation, their families. They talked to people. Some of them had hard feelings with people from the last election and they went and and had conversations and reconciled with them so that's it had hard a to really do. I
1: mean so yeah. you you actually cuz you had really a small amount of contact with them as did the groups you were working with and then these folks went out and they actually were able to be effective in terms of their their engagement with other people in Sierra Leone
2: that's because everyone was uh together on this vision of having, you know, building unity for peace and really wanting to see peaceful elections. Nothing Um, like, I mean, it's interesting,
1: you know, that that is a good example of having a compelling vision and and lighting, kind of uh, planting a seed around that vision. Uh, It sounds like you created a whole cohort, your group created a whole cohort of people that decided to embrace that vision.
2: That's yeah. right. It, yeah. I mean, a vision has to be yeah. big and it has to be important and it has to be relevant. And that, and, and I think that was. So I don't want to just focus on what we did in 2012. Okay. I just want to say I'm delighted that the result. Um, and of course, there were many other actors in the country helping to promote peaceful mm-hmm. elections, but I do believe that, um, our project and all the partners and all the, uh, thousands of people that uh, we worked with and touched from from our project um, did help to create the first time, for the first time ever peaceful elections in Sierra mm-hmm. Leone. Um, so uh, fast forward to our most recent congratulations work. to all
1: of you for for your con- contribution to that. That's it's. Thank yeah. you
2: Susan. It really really felt yeah. good. um so then we did go back. It's also um, great to hear versus- just
1: as a as a you know just listening to it that I think some of these things are are doable you know I think people just I don't know I you know I' I'm just constantly listening to the news. it's so depressing listening to the news. It just seems like there is no way to do anything other than live in a in a world of just total uh, destruction and violence and and that's a very positive example of something that wasn't. Yeah. That. Um, so, Thank yeah. you.
2: So we went back and um, did focus groups mm-hmm. to uh, back, with what, different what populations. Now, went back to Sierra Leone um, again. In um, well, we were there several times, but uh, for for the this project. The last time we were there, we went, I think it was in 2013, and uh, we met with all of our partners. We, some of them had never met because we, we traveled, to go to these different um, sessions around the country. So we brought them all together, and we we once again did a visioning session uh, asking the question, okay, now what? How do we build sustainable peace in Sierra Sorry, Leon? so again, and-
1: your process for doing that? Like how many people did you have in
2: the room? And... Uh- Okay. We had, uh, from five regions, um, at least two people, two or three people from each region. So we, we had about, uh, about 15, 15 people, uh, in the room and, um, we did a visioning process about, uh, what would, how could we sustain peace in Sierra Leone? And what we came up with was the, we feel the best way would be through leadership development that if you train the leaders in conflict transformation skills and in how to be the best leaders they can be, that they will then be touching, you know, once again, that reaching out, you know, doing it on the ground um, with with the people in the country, that they will then be able to uh, make an imp- the biggest impact. Um, so we decided on... F- four populations, and then we did focus groups with these populations. And the four populations are tribal chiefs who have a strong desire to learn uh, additional methods of mediation. What they do as mediation, Susan, is more what we would call in the West uh, arbitration. Mm -hmm. You know, they listen to one party or one group, then the other group, and then they make a decision. And think. Times are changing, and tribal chiefs have, um, you know, their issues and problems in their communities, and they want to improve uh, and learn some additional ways. So, a mediation program for tribal chiefs, a leadership program for women who are aspire uh, empowerment and leadership program for women who are aspiring to political office, a uh, leadership empowerment program for youth. And these are youth It was so Mm -hmm. fabulous to sit with these youth that just want to do everything that they can to uh, have peace in the country and uh, have the country develop. And so what they, they almost all, all said we want to work with the at risk youth uh, because they have problems in Sierra Leone, the same that we have probably in most countries around the world. Um, So uh, a leadership program for them to you know, give them the skills and help them to reach their leadership potential. And then the fourth program, a, a training for community leaders, uh, in, um, like training of trainers, a TOT training for trainers, for community leaders, and then Ebola ahead. And so we of course did not go to the country to do these programs, um, and, you know, we were talking as a team and having a team meeting. We have a wonderful, I have a wonderful international team. There's 13 of us on our Leone um, project team. And um, if any of your listeners are interested, we're always looking for additional members uh, if they're so inclined um, for our team or other members uh, to join mediators mm-hmm. beyond borders and um, be a part of, of the great work that's happening. Uh, so, um, we had this meeting and we were just all lamenting, you know, there must be something we can do from afar. Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do? And um, the, the, the next morning I woke up with like, oh, I have an idea. Let's do the training of trainers for community leaders online. Why
0: we'll do not? that program yeah. online. Cool. Yeah. That
2: they're in the country, they're in the communities, yeah. they can do some interventions that can really help To, you know, heal, uh, you know, trauma and reconciliation, teach conflict skills, give a a place where people can dialogue and talk about what's happening, bring the survivors together. Um, Mm. so we started work immediately, and that, that's been a major intervention that we have done this year. So just
1: practically speaking, what, what, what you lose using Skype or what were you doing? And,
2: well, we used a, a technology that uh, Meetings Beyond Borders International has an account. And I had been uh, on a, a couple of these meetings. It, the technology is called oh, yeah, Zoom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you can have up to 25 people from all different countries yeah. and see them yeah, all. That's so cool. Uh So it's a fabulous technology. The biggest obstacle, though, (laughs) was the Internet connections in Sierra Leone. I mean, communication in general has been the biggest challenge, um, you know, for us uh, working, uh, you know, with with our partners in Sierra Leone, working with my partner, Debbie, in Liberia because the connections are not good. So uh, we Design, Debbie and I designed a seven session, um, course, two hours each. We did a lot of outreach with the partners that we knew to get the right, uh, people involved, um, and participate in the program. We had to do a lot of tests. People, some groups had to go to internet cafes. Which were a bit noisy, but you know we that we had to persevere. I think there's a real I mean, learning
1: curve going on in the global population about how to mute your how to mute your system, when, <laughs> you know. But in general, that, you know.
2: Yeah, and you're they're using they're not most of most of the people we work with do not have personal computers. Right. Everyone has a phone, right. but you can have a teleconference right. with cell phones with right. uh, all these people. Right. Um, so it was very challenging, but we we did it and we persevered. There would be times where it would take, you know, fifteen minutes till everybody. Yes. Yeah, so who on. would you
1: have? You'd have twenty twenty faces on the computer, and who and who were they? Where were they all from? Were they mostly from Sierra Leone? There were
2: some from Liberia. You? No, not you know. from like. Well, Debbie, Debbie from, from Liberia. Liberia. Um, but uh, unfortunately, a lot of times he would wasn't able yeah. to get on. Um, so there were some sessions where he was going to, uh, be, uh, doing the teaching and the facilitating. Um, and we always had very detailed guides because, uh, if one of us needed to cover for the other. Um, so I remember one time, we had somebody, they were upside down <laughs> and they, they didn't know how to get the cat. But you know, we just, we did it. We persevered mm-hmm. and um, we did these seven sessions. They included. So, wait, so of the 20, everybody, of, oh, everyone was, was from okay. Sierra
1: Leone pretty yeah. much.
2: So yeah, from six mm-hmm. regions throughout Sierra Leone, Port Loco, Bow, uh, the Northern region, Freetown, uh, McKinney, Canima, um And, at least, usually, at least uh, two people in each of those regions would be together. And I know that English
1: uh, is the, the, the. I think it's the national language, although people speak a lot of different languages. Was was they, English was that that wasn't yes. so much of a barrier?
2: All the part they had to all be able, all speak uh, English mm-hmm. to be able to uh, do the training, uh, be a part of the training, and they they all are uh, individuals who either head up a small nonprofit organization, or they do a lot of community work, know their, com- know, live and know their community. Um, because we wanted them to be able to do sessions in their community, to, to be able to diagnose, design, and then implement the sessions. Okay. So we gave them skills in group dynamics, in how to facilitate large and group, uh, large and small group, um, Meetings, how to facilitate dialogue, specifically the public conversation, um, ap- approach, um, tra- two sessions on trauma and reconciliation, a session on how to train others in conflict transformation skills. Um, and the, and the last one was how to, how to present successfully. And so each session had some, uh, uh, you know, theoretical input, some lecture, and some group activities. And how long
1: were these sessions? So, uh,
2: give or take. They were they were two hours each, and uh, we did have three of my team members from our international team that do not have facilitation experience or training how to train others. So they were also they also took mm-hmm. part in it. Mm-hmm. So there were about I think about nineteen altogether. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the sessions went well, and um, you know they reported that they learned a lot. And then to further their um, their education and get them ready, each each area was assigned a learning coach, and um, the learning coach worked with the two or three, or depending on the number. Like in Freetown, there were five. Five that were trained and I coached them and I coached uh, Port Loco and then other team members coached uh, the, the rest of the um, the regions.
1: On how to, on and,
2: how to be uh, a team coach. No, they were coaching them on still to further their education on how to put together the design, how to, uh, you know, any questions that they might have before they go and and facilitate their session. And once the coach approved, yes, they're ready. Mm-hmm. Then I sent okay. the money, <laughs> you know, I was back and forth to Western Union right, a right, lot right, of times right, right. mm-hmm. those months, but, um, And that was a very, I think, a very important component to the success of the program was the the actual having a learning coach assigned to each each um, each region. Uh, Because, you know, it's even though we did seven sessions, seven two hour sessions is not a lot of time. But some of them had already had been doing some training and uh, they weren't it wasn't totally new new to them. For, for others, others it was so. I tried to pair people up to deliver the program, that you know where you had at least one strong strong person um, co facilitate Did you
1: develop all these materials yourselves, or are these? Yeah, pretty much. Good for you.
2: <laughs> we developed all the all the materials. Um, uh, we did a detailed design, as I mentioned before, and then that was something we required of each region. And that was a little bit like pulling teeth. You know, I'd be on the phone with, you know, with with the the people I was coaching and like they would send me something, it would say icebreaker, you know, because we taught them about Mm -hmm. icebreakers or group activity or lecture on, you know, uh, key points about, they wouldn't say key points, they would say uh, information about uh, Ebola. You know, so I, it, it was like going back and having a dialogue with them, you know, and, and I would say, look, you suppose the last minute something happened and you couldn't facilitate and one of the other facilitators would have to step in for you. I mean, you know, Susan, from the work we do, you have and it, you have to have mm-hmm. a guide and it has to say what the key points are going to be, where there's going to be a flip chart or where, you know, they weren't using PowerPoint, but they, you know, if, if they were using a PowerPoint presentation, what the icebreaker is, you're breaking people into small groups. What is the question you're asked? Do they have to answer? What are they talking about? You know, so you have to be very specific. And once we got the specifics and, you know, people got their answers, Questions answered, then they put on these dialogue sessions throughout the country. And um, we've completed uh, in five regions, there's still one region um, we're waiting to, you know, for them to be ready to deliver. Um, Some regions did two sessions, some did one. They were all full day sessions. Um, Some were with uh, survivors and other members of the community. They tried to get Follow the model and get as many stakeholders that should be in the room, um, and you know to deal with issues. There's a lot of stigmatization um, happening, uh, you know, and and, around Ebola or around oh around around Ebola survivors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being integrated back into the is community. School
1: Leon, for, uh, Ebola yeah. free at this point or still no?
2: It is a bowl. It is Ebola free. Mm-hmm. And so they did these dialogue sessions. They, they, they went really well. They were not all the same because each region had to assess what they thought they was needed. So two regions did a session in schools with middle Mm -hmm. school students. And, um, you know, that was really, really well received. The principal and the teachers, (laughs) they sat in and they, They wanted to learn as much as they could about dialogue and, you know, conflict transformation skills and whatever was in the content of each of those sessions. One session was just for survivors in Port Loco, where they were the hardest hit. Um, And all of the regions are now poised uh, to do more of these sessions and more follow up on the ones that with the people that they've already worked with, as well as new sessions, uh, very similar to what they already did. They're ready to go. So, and, and we don't have the money to yeah. give them to be able to do it. And that's the, the hardest thing, uh, for me as a team leader, for them, they call me, you know, Loretta, we we're ready to go. We, you know, these sessions are really needed they're, they're, they're so helpful to people. Um, and uh, you yeah, know, so and that's what we're working there. on. Yes. Susan, we're working on funding. So, so
1: um, summarize again. So, the impact of this, your, your hope, your your hoped for impact of this,
2: will be what for the um, for this the, the yeah sessions. for this whole initiative. Well, to for for the for the Ebola related sessions or for all this, for, for the, let me say it's, cause it's twofold. One is, uh, you know, was to give these leader, the community leaders the skills so that they'll have these skills forever. Um, you know, to be able to keep working in the community, you know, working towards sustainable peace, whether it's issues of Ebola or other issues. Right now, the the main thing that's happening is to get the country back on its feet, you know, move, you know, economically and socially. And these kinds of sessions are imperative for people to be able to feel comfortable again with their neighbors. And... um, When was Sierra Leone Ebola free? I
1: know... uh it's very, very recent. recent because it was still, it's, it's, when I was it's, in Liberia, it's, it was still going on. And
2: I was yes. in Liberia in yeah. June. Oh, wow. So wow. It's, yeah. yeah. And then they had more cases in Liberia. But, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's what they need to do now. Uh, that's the immediate need. And we need about $50,000 for them to do another 8 to 10 sessions in the different regions. Uh, overall, um, our goal is to return Um, And do those other three programs that I mentioned for tribal chiefs, for women uh, who are political aspirants. You know, they have have an election coming up in um, 2018. That's not far away. If we can get the women the training, a lot of women, they have a quota system in Sierra Leone of 30 percent, you know, for women in office. There has to be 30 30 percent of the representatives need to be female. Well, that's their goal. Um, and so sometimes women get elected who really do not have any background, um, you know, in governance or, you know, uh, rule of law and, you know, how to be a leader, how to run a meeting, how to assert themselves, all these different things. So, you know, they need confidence building, um, as well. So, um, we want to go back and do these programs. Uh, we have partners all around the world, uh, you know, that uh, that want to help, but for some reason we're just not getting the the money, um, and that that we need. So I'm just putting it out there to the it's listeners. Okay. You send funds on, now. Go on uh, mediatorsbeyondbordersinternational.org dot mm-hmm. org, and uh, see learn more of what we're about. Um, you can click on the Sierra Leone project. Uh, you can click on every, to read more about it. You can um, join MBB, join a team. But if you don't have time to do all that, you can do your part by just making a donation. And if you make a donation to the – if you want to make it to our project, which we hope you will, because we have a real immediate urgent need, um, you have to say – specify – when you donate, that it's to the Sierra Leone project so that it will go specifically uh, to our project. So Loretta, um,
1: what are you feeling most excited about now about all of this? Because I can, I, your, your, your excitement is palpable. What's, if you had to articulate you know, your excitement about uh, your vision for this, if mean, you started to do that, but it'd but, um, be interesting to hear like where you see the potential for all this potentially
2: going. Well, we we talked a little bit about um, Sierra Leone being a small country, and I think because it's a small country, um, we really can see sustainable peace uh, in this country. Because we have so many people who who want to see that happen and work toward making that happen throughout the country and, you know, partnering with them. And so I think it's 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 almost like it could be a case right. study for how to build well, peace. was the
1: question I had for you is that, of course, nothing is in, in a vacuum and neither is Sierra Leone. It's surrounded by, you know, by Guinea and by Liberia and it's an international actor. Um, and maybe that's another larger conversation about you know can it can it control its own you know its own can it can it be a role model or will there be things coming will there be different kinds of forces coming in from the outside
2: that could either enhance that or get in the way of it? I think there's always different forces yeah. from the outside, yeah. and I don't you know I don't know that we can control that. You know I love the my my son Brad Rader who is a meditation teacher uh, reminded me of of this metaphor. I mean, I think, I think peace has to start within ourselves, you know, that we, for us all to be more peaceful inside. It has to start there. But if you look at the, at, at the metaphor of a, of a green forest, each individual tree makes up the green forest. And, I think we all have to work on ourselves but then we have to work together uh to make that green forest and I, I really think that that's possible. Um you know I love the African um proverb Susan I think we we've, we've even used this together if you, if you want to want to go fast go alone. If you want to go far go yes, together. I put that on the wall. Many, in many team interventions yeah. I uh, <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah and I, I think that we have to all work together. And, you know, you know, if you're in this field of uh, peace building, you're in it because you have a strong desire to see change in the world. And, um, but, you know, we can, we can all do what we can do individually and we have to do what's whatever that piece is, whether it's work on a project, do this work full time or have a, Another full time job, and you know, donate what you can to help others on the ground uh, to to create that that green forest. But um, I, I think I think it's possible, and that's all we can do. We can we can work together, work together with the partners on the ground, because it, you cannot have a successful project, uh, peace building project anywhere. You know, if you're if you're not doing that, you have to have integrated an integrated systems approach uh, getting the right people on the ground, considering all those factors that, you know, you, you were talking about from the outside because they're, they're there. Um, and, but we can't control, you can only control what what you can do yourself really um, and draw on your experience and expertise. You know, I came into this as an organization development consultant a little differently than many other peace builders. And um, what I would just say to the listeners, use whatever skill sets you have um, uh, to help make things
1: happen. One of the things because, I really myself yeah. so appreciate about working in places like Sierra Leone and Liberia is how much people appreciate your assistance. I mean, I, I think it's just oh, yeah. so can be so rewarding about... Um, yeah, just the spirit that people yeah. can bring to the work and the appreciation they can have for what you can offer, whatever you can offer. Yeah, that's that's really
2: true. Yeah, yeah I love the people in Sierra yeah. Leone.
1: <laughs> so, Loretta, any any? I mean, I think you sort of did just give some parting words of wisdom. I, and, and uh-huh. uh, But I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. As we, it's been a really really rich conversation and so exciting to hear about this piece of work that you've been doing. Really, I, it's um. It really shows how you just, you know, you, you can come in and, and it, I think what's standing out to me is the, is the infrastructure that you so easily were able to create because there's so much energy and so much desire among people for some, some good assistance and, you know, and, and their desire uh, for a much more peaceful society because Lord knows they have really, really been through a lot of hell, too much hell. Um yes. Not not something we want anybody on the planet to be going through. So um anyway, so I don't know if there's any final words of of uh wisdom or anything uh, you want to say about how to reach you. I mean I am obviously gonna put your bio up and-
2: Yeah, please. Yeah, I would, you know, certainly welcome any uh feedback and ideas, comments, um and always happy to talk to uh people who are interested in uh, moving into the peace building field or in the peace building field who might have some ideas to, to share with, with, with me and with our team. So um, I welcome uh, hearing from people. So certainly please share my email. It'll be on the website. Yeah. It'll be on the website. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah. good.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. You, really, Susie, really appreciate it. for this wonderful it.
2: opportunity. Yeah. Okay, great. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Peace Building Podcast. Check out the PeacebuildingPodcast.com for show notes and for more great information and resources. If we'd like your feedback, comments, and suggestions. Please email them to susan at thepeacebuildingpodcast.com. And come join us again for next week's episode for more great thinking innovations and ideas to take our planet to the next level.